Hey everyone, and welcome into the Nolan Podcast. I'm digital multimedia editor Noah Brown. It's been a while since we last had an extensive conversation on telematics technology in the magazine, and in an upcoming issue, we're going to fix that. As a little bit of a sneak preview of that article, I spoke with Derek Kaufman, a managing partner of Schwartz Advisors, about telematics, what they are, and how a quick loop shop might be able to take advantage. This was kind of a, a telematics primer and explainer, uh, and a lot has changed even in the last two years. So just for, I'm, I'm hoping people in the industry know what it is, but for, it, kind of in layman's terms, how would you describe what telematics is? Yeah, it's always good to kind of do a reset, Noah, because uh, you never know who the you know the audience is. So in the in the easiest terms, uh, I would say that telematics is the ability to digitally connect with a moving vehicle. Uh, and that is from, from a ground base to that vehicle and from that vehicle to a ground base or from that vehicle to other vehicles. And so in the two years since we've talked to you, uh, what sorts of major advancements or I guess just changes in general in telematics technology has your company noticed, focused on, dealt with? So, yeah, in, in, a, in a two-year period, what we see now is the vehicle manufacturers embedding telematics more in the new car build. So we, we've seen it go from OBD2 port, uh, you know, plug-in uh, devices uh, to uh, to more built-in and to mobile device uh, interaction like uh, Apple CarPlay and you know those different things. So the the integration of mobile devices has increased greatly, uh, and the the, uh, uh, the embedding of telematics uh, hardware and software in vehicles has increased dramatically. And so with that mobile device integration making data more accessible for uh, or to people from their phones or whatever device they are using, yep. how yep. does that affect help hinder uh, uh, aftermarket repair shops in being able to use this data? Well, so if they if, if a shop, uh, and whether that's a shop or a, a you know a quick loop um, facility, uh, if they have a relationship with a customer, uh, and they can incorporate that customer's telematics service into the relationship, then they can take their relationship with that customer from reactive, the customer showing up for an oil change or a repair, to predictive because the telematics. Uh, will, you know, throw off a trouble code, for instance, uh, of, of a vehicle. Uh, now, it can throw the trouble code off to the owner of the vehicle who then chooses to send that information to, a, a, you know, a general repair shop of their choice. Uh, or what we see happening uh, now is the OEs uh, more and more having that signal go into their kind of, we call it an extended vehicle concept, or it goes into their cloud, and then they, you know, they contact the vehicle owner and say, hey, you need to bring your car into the dealership, you know, for service. 
So uh, it, it, I think the key thing here is, as telematics is increasing in use, uh, is moving shops from being purely reactive uh, to predictive, uh, and that helps their scheduling of work. Uh, and, and especially so many shops, the general repair shops, uh, have a pretty good percentage, like 30% or more, of their business are, is small fleets. And small fleets, and I'm talking about plumbers and contractors and floors and those types of companies, um, they, they depend on vehicle uptime because that's revenue generating miles for them. And uh, so to get that more predictive you know, is, is kind of critically important. Uh, and uh, we, we see that, you know, growing, I guess, uh, in the, in the industry. We also think that fleet managed vehicles will, will increase as a percentage of the VIO in the future. Uh, and that shops are going to have to, you know, deal that into the, the way they look at their business. And so for repair shops to, be able to do that, to be able to interface with their customers' cars, they're going to need some form of, of technology or some form of interface to be able to receive that data. What does that look like and how feasible is it for shops to get that kind of technology? It's, it's, it's very doable, uh, but there are, you know, there are telematics uh, service providers and then there are, you know, OE platforms, and that's obviously more problematic because uh, the OEs uh, don't necessarily want independent shops in connection with their uh, with their vehicle owners um, or who they see as their their vehicle owners. So I'm going to kind of cross your line here a little bit of your list of questions. So you know that Massachusetts passed the the right to repair law and the OEs lobbied heavily against it uh, but the people of Massachusetts said no we want the ability to basically own the data coming off our cars and we'll use that data to direct the vehicle to the service location of our choice we don't want to be told you know what service location to take the car to um, and that is uh, going to be kind of an ongoing battle between the OEs uh, and the um, uh, and the independent shops because as they embed telematics in vehicles, uh, you know, making access to that to that telematics signal um, is something they uh, they can control. Uh, a lot of the mobile devices will allow you to, you know, to connect more than one person into the feed. So uh, a, a basically a, a, a customer or a vehicle owner can give their shop, their shop of choice, uh, you know, the right to receive that information um, and, you know, and, and set it up that, set it up that way. So I think that that handoff is, is going to have to be managed one of the things that the, the Auto Care Association is is driving on this front uh, is the Secure Vehicle Interface (SBI), and they have actually worked with SAE uh, on three different standards that set how you can connect securely to a vehicle 
and not be able to get into any of the vehicle's operational modes or safety features uh, so that you can control the vehicle. All you can do is read information coming off the vehicle. But that, that, that information can include uh, a trouble code coming off the CAN bus you know, of the vehicle. So with, with SVI, independent shops could connect to moving vehicles or this secure vehicle interface and, and, you know, and get the information. So the auto care is trying to work with the OEs and there are ongoing discussions and talks on, on those meetings, you know, on this, not trying to take the legislative route, uh, but rather uh, kind of uh, an agreement because it's actually in the OE's best interest uh, to have proper, you know, service information, and all the Auto Care Association is asking for uh, in 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 this SVI connection is the same amount of data that a dealership has to work on a car, so they can do it correctly. Uh, and you know, a car's reputation, what the average car now is, what twelve point one years old or something. And so, um, you know, the the reputation of the car goes out. A lot longer than the warranty period and the oes will want the aftermarket to you know to have that you know that information and be able to handle it um or you know get it easily i I would say that many oes are seeing that as a um a monetizing opportunity they want to sell that data and independent shops already paid uh, you know to buy the data so i don't know that that's that's really the big issue it's just giving them access to it uh, so that, you know, it, it's, it's whether it's coming from the OE's cloud or coming directly from the vehicle. We hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. If you are, we'd love it if you'd subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Check out Nolan.net for the latest quick oil and lube news. Now, back to the interview. And so maybe it's it's not correct to paint it so simply, but a lot of people have painted the picture of the the right to repair battle as the OEs versus the aftermarket. Is there one side that has a leg up or is that is that looking at it a little too simply? Yeah, that's a good question though. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that ultimately the original uh, the the vehicle manufacturers understand that they need to coexist and in fact partner with the independent aftermarket uh, to maintain the reputations of their brands. That would be my, my statement on the thing because OE dealerships have about in the high 20s or maybe 30% of the total base, service base in the country. So if the entire thing you know, went away from independent shops and toward dealerships and they enjoyed all that business, they'd die on it because they, 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 they have, they'd have cars standing in line, you know, for weeks trying to get in. So they, they can't, they can't handle the 280 million vehicles. And by the way, they don't want to uh, because they really want to focus on the warranty period of the vehicles and some, you know, on, in some general service beyond that. So, uh, I, I think it's in their best interest to partner with the uh, the, auto, the independent aftermarket uh, to maintain the reputation of their brands. I kind of 
switching gears here and kind of jumping back to <clears throat> the telematics conversation real quick. Last question for you. A lot of people view telematics as kind of a, a, a no-brainer, a boon for the collision repair and general maintenance uh, sectors of the aftermarket. You mentioned uh, or, or touched on it briefly a little bit earlier, but how could uh, quick lube shops specifically benefit from being uh, able to pull and read telematics information from vehicles? Yeah, so I, I think the, this reactive and predictive thing, so fast lube shops, more than just about any other type of shop, you know, re, uh, depend on uh, traffic, uh, drive-by business. Uh, and you know they're retailing. Well, telematics will allow them to to actually create a higher level of customer loyalty uh, and a more predictive scheduling of when vehicles need an oil change, uh, and uh, you know they they can get that vehicle in. So I think how they benefit from telematics would be kind of the they can they can claim back part of the underperformed oil changes uh, that exist in the, in the market. A lot of, you know, a lot of products going without an oil change and, and eventually damaging engine parts uh, because, you know, people delay it or procrastinate or whatever. Well, with a telematics package, uh, if a higher percentage of people use them, then the telematics package can be very predictive. It can get very, granular about how the car is being driven maybe you drive your car in stop and go traffic every day in a very dusty area you're in phoenix in stop and go traffic every day you're going to want to change your oil uh quicker than that and there could be algorithms built into the your telematics package to actually you know schedule that beyond what the the generic thing in your your car does you know the, a lot of cars now have you know, some type of counter in them that they're, you know, they're just tracing um, odometer miles. And some of them are more sophisticated than that, but typically they're just tracing odometer miles in time, uh, calendar days. Uh, and they, you know, they, you're, you get a little light that says uh, time for an oil change. Oh, with telematics, you can get way more, way more predictive about that. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, you know, work harder to protect your vehicles and the quick loop shop benefits from that. All right, Derek, I think those are all the questions that I have for you. Is there anything else you would like to add that I didn't ask about either about telematics or right to repair? No, I, I think you're, you know, you're, you're covering the thing uh, pretty well. The only thing I, I would say is that the right to repair thing is, is all about vehicle owner awareness. I don't think vehicle owners, I think, you know, we've done enough talking now that shops understand, for the most part, what's going on with the right to repair. I don't think vehicle owners do at all. So they're not, they're not seeing either the upside or the downside of losing control of, or they're, they're not seeing the downside of losing control of their data, and they're not seeing the upside of gaining control of their data. And that's an education program, you know, by shops and I think it's something the you know the the industry needs to think more about I guess a, a real quick follow-up there is there anything the aftermarket specifically can do to help inform and educate their customers the those uh, vehicle owners yeah they, they the, so the, the Auto Care Association has a very effective 
right to repair uh, information package that a shop can can get. Uh, and I, I would say that that's that's the starting point of you know uh, really educating your service writers uh, or your customer, you know, the folks who interface with the customers, uh, to have them just drop this in the conversation and, you know, so that kind of arm them with the information that they can talk about right to repair and auto care has a nice package to do it. And that's all we've got for you today on the Nolan Podcast. I'm Noah Brown. Thank you so much for joining, and we'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.